Welcome back to Basketball is Religion. I'm your host, Big Matt, joined today by the Gons. Gons, how have you been? Man, it's been a, it's been a whirlwind. Um, you know, we got back from the tournament. Sure enough, you know, as my wife said, my wife always says, every time you come back from Vegas, you're sick. Um, it's funny because none of you guys got sick, but I, uh, I had a, I had a cold for about three, four days, and it's finally going away. But you know how grown men are when they, when they're like, Le, they're like LeBron flopping, man. It's just everything's on another level. So, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm good now. I'm good now. I have a big lunch meeting with my actual career job today to try to close. And, um, unfortunately, my son had a fever this morning. Um, so we had to take him to uh, his grandparents. But other than that, man, I'm good. What about you? It's been it's been a week since we were, you know, in a giant hotel suite drinking. Um, actually, it's been no, no, no. A week ago, we were back home, but you know, eight or nine days ago, we were out in part in Vegas. So, what's been new since then? Not just back to back to normal life, right? Back to work. You know, the kids, kids are good. Uh, my son had a performance last night, so we got to see him. Uh, do some percussion percussion stuff with his orchestra. So good to see that life kind of back to normal. But <clears throat> I do miss the the grind of Vegas, hanging out with the boys, watching some basketball, um, watching other things as well. Um, yeah, it, it, it was a fun trip. I would say it's a really it was a really positive trip. But also before we want to get started, I wanted to to highlight like as far as I, I, we we did record in Vegas, even though the, my 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 apologies for the audio quality. We we were operating off one mic, so we got to hang out with Vahid, We got to hang out with Miguel. Like going to the ISC, going to that T-Mobile Arena. What was your biggest takeaway from from that experience? Look, man, I would definitely go again next year. Um, I thought it was fun. I think next year, though, I mean, well, I would probably want to get there sooner and partake in more of the festivities outside, right? Take all the pictures, soak it really in. Um, other than that, like, it was great. I love the arena itself. You could see the game from anywhere you sit. Uh, and I think next time I'd probably want to catch two games. You know, I think it's an opportunity to see four teams in one day. So those are that's what I would change. But I definitely want to go again next year. So I'm down to buy tickets. Um, <laughs> It's funny. We ran into people from England that were Laker fans. There was just people from everywhere that were there. One thing that was interesting to me was just, uh, you know, there, there were so many Laker fans. It was kind of unfavorable for the other team. And also, the amount of criticism they got for celebrating, is it just a Laker hater thing? I mean, the NBA wanted this. Hey, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. That's part of it. We'll, we'll get to the celebration stuff. But, I mean, you're right. We should have gotten there a little bit earlier. I mean, we didn't know. And really, no one knew. Um, it, it's crazy because that weekend there was a rodeo in town for Las Vegas. So, when we went out clubbing, um, when we went out in the strip, we saw a bunch of cowboys and cowgirls out everywhere. I thought we'd see more like NBA fans, Laker fans out there. But it was really just confined to that T-Mobile area where you, all the basketball fans would be. And then once you kind of branched out into Vegas, it was just cowboy hat after cowboy hat. So we went to the Zook at Resorts World. Unfortunately, we didn't see any NBA players, but we saw a bunch of cowboys and cowgirls uh, those two nights. So it was crazy atmosphere there. Um, but yeah, so let's get into that in-season tournament. The Lakers did end up winning uh, that game against the Pelicans and won on Saturday night. 
against the um, Indiana Pacers um, the, uh, last Saturday, 123 to 109. Uh, Anthony Davis had 41 points and 20 re- rebounds to, re- to lead the Lakers to a tournament victory. LeBron James was named tournament MVP for, for his brilliant play during all seven IST games the Lakers played. The Lakers did, like you said, the Lakers did have a champagne celebration and will be hanging a banner for this tournament win that I think is only going to be going up for each day, that, you know, the day that the Lakers won the tournament, they were not going to be keeping it up from what I hear. Was it a bit too much for them to celebrate with champagne and a banner for this in-season tournament? I, I don't think so. I think it's this tournament, it's an it's evolution, dude. It's going ev- ev- to end up being almost as big as a chip you will see this will get bigger and bigger and bigger because and it's eventually it's going to be great for the nba it's going to be like two competitive chips that you can win what does that do that makes watching the game throughout the whole calendar year that they play so much more competitive i i, I feel like that's how this is going to evolve next year it's going to be different and they're going to keep changing it to make it better and better and better. You know, there was obviously some things they could have done in terms of the point differential and play teams that have best records. They could have done things to make it a little bit better, but they'll learn and they will. But this is going to, this is watch. I have a feeling that this is what's going to get bigger. It's not going to take away from the chip, but it, it, essentially it is, I believe. Wait, so you think the the championship will be less so because this season tournament championship will be elevated higher? I believe it is going to be what is happening in college eventually. You could win your Pac-12 title, but the winner who wins March Madness is the ultimate winner. And I feel like it's going to as 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 it evolves and, and gets more precise that this is going to be a bigger and bigger trophy. And it is going to take away a little bit from the chip because it's going to be like two championships, essentially, which I think is great for the NBA if it heads that way. No, for sure. That's, I was not anticipating this take from you. So it's it, it's it's something to look at because if you look at Messi when he came to MLS, they won that cup. That wasn't the MLS cup. That wasn't the championship, but he elevated... You know, Miami so much during that when they won that midseason tournament. So I could kind of see where I I don't know I don't even know who won the MLS Cup, who who won the championship for MLS. But I know that Messi and Miami won that in season tournament for for soccer for the MLS. So I can see where 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 where, where you're coming from, Gons, and especially since they can make some tweaks, maybe make the season, maybe make the tournament a little bit longer. So we kind of know we we're, the the fans and casual basketball fans kind of know how the the tournament kind of goes because it was by aggregate, which I love. I love aggregate scoring. Um, like the most score, like the, the more you score, the better you'll do in the tournament because we've never seen that before in the NBA. But the the tweaks they can make to this event maybe you make it that you have eight teams come or you change the the, the venue. But yeah, I can see where it's since this is the first one, you're gonna have some kinks to it, but. This can be this can be a, a premier event for the league, you know, this early in the season because who, um, casual basketball fans aren't interested in October and November, early December basketball. But this allowed 
there to be interest in the in the game during this time. So it's only it was only a positive. The celebration I think was more mandated by the league if anything else. Like Adam Silver really wanted whoever won this tournament to really like like that they won this tournament and celebrate. So like you said, I'm, I'm not really putting too much on that celebration since it was kind of like hey, if the, the champagne was there, that they, they probably told hey LeBron. This game's not going to count, but you're, you're going to need to, you know, kind of ham this up a little bit. And of course, LeBron's a king of hamming it up, so he was going to be a little bit over the top about the celebration. If anything, the bench players were much happier. Max Christie, uh, Maxwell Lewis got there. Basically, their salary doubled by winning 500 grand in this tournament, so they were pretty happy. Everyone else was kind of like whatever. But regardless, yeah, I think the in-season tournament's here to stay. It's going to be more fun. We'll we'll be in Vegas. We'll see both games. Like you said, we probably should have got there early, but we were really just there for that second game. But yeah, we'll definitely plan it better for next year now that we kind of know what's going on. Hopefully it stays in Vegas. I can see it kind of like moving to other cities, but hopefully it stays in Vegas within the next few years. Well, Anything I mean, else from- yeah, yeah. And, and with that said, like, are we st- I, 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 traditionally we've gotten to March Madness. I think is this going to replace March Madness? I mean, I, I think we're more NBA junkies than we are college. So it's food for thought. Um, and You know what I would have liked? My last thought on this is make it a week long and make it make it more than just the semifinals in Vegas. Make it where it's a, an elite eight situation. You get a lot more games. A lot more people. Uh, I think they could. That's an easy tweak. Easy tweak they can make. Yeah, just make the environment good. Hundred um, percent. While we were in Vegas, we did make a few bets. I kind of want to highlight this too. So you made a separate bet. I believe it was what was that early game you bet on that you won? I can't remember. It was with Philly and Atlanta. Um, oh yeah, that's right. You had you had Philly. Philly won that one fairly easily. Atlanta at was like, playing mid, had him yeah. at eight and a half. I think so. Overall, the betting was about even. <laughs> it's crazy how that turned out. Uh, betting bet, betting be even. So you won that early bet. Uh, Miguel won a bet with the Celtics beating the whoever they played. Fair who they played, but he won the he won some money with the Celtics. We had a three team parlay, which I'm surprised which which leg loss we had. Um, Okay, as a three-team parlay, we had the Timberwolves over the Grizzlies. Uh, We had the Mavericks over the Trailblazers, which both hit. That was fairly easy. The third leg of the parlay, we lost, but the process was there. The Rockets beat the Nuggets. The Nuggets were at full strength, and they beat the Nuggets in Denver. Beat them by eight. The Rockets had not won an away game the entire season, and the Nuggets had not lost a home game the entire season, and they were favored by eight and a half. The Nuggets won. Uh, the Rockets won outright by, um, by eight. Very upsetting. Um, that was the one I was more confident about. So yeah, so we lost that three-team parlay between us four. You and Vahid did pretty well with the Clippers too. Uh, they covered an eight and a half point spread, one by fourteen. So congratulations to you guys. And finally, I lost a two-team parlay. Um, I had the Bulls beating the Spurs, which was, you know, I didn't really need to sweat that one out in the, in the second half, but the Warriors, oh, the Warriors, they were the Thunder first of the Warriors, the Thunder were favored by three and in the last, you know, 0.1 second shot by, oh man, Brandon Pozakemski. God, ah, oh man, I lost that. I, I lost that parlay, uh, a five unit parlay. 
uh, by a point one second put back that didn't matter and the thunder still won by two but i lost my parlay there so i just need to get that out in the world i'm not happy about that still um but yeah so that's kind of what as far as what happened in vegas uh with all the basketball stuff that's kind of a rundown of what happened there so uh we had a fun time gone's good to see you uh, but you know we have the nba season we're fourth fourth of the way through this current season but we still have the same shenanigans from one Draymond Green. Draymond Green um, of the Golden State Warriors was suspended indefinitely by the league on Wednesday for punching Yusuf Nurkic in the face, back spinning back fist, during a game against the Suns on Tuesday. This is the second time he's been suspended this season. He served a five-game suspension for putting Rudy Gobert in a headlock. Nurkic and the Warriors head coach Steve Kerr had similar thoughts in saying that they hope Draymond Green gets the help he needs as he'll be going he'll be going to therapy during his suspension. Add this incident to the kick to the Lebr- LeBron James in the 2016 finals, the sucker punch of Jordan Poole during their practice, the stomp of DeMontis Sabonis to the list of negative actions exhibited by Draymond Green. Gons, what are your thoughts on this punishment? Uh, should he have gotten a definite number of games, or is is it keeping it de- indefinite the best in this situation? I think they're trying to they're trying to avoid the media to talk about it by putting a number on it, according to Joe Dumars. But Stephen A. Smith was quoting someone on first take yesterday, had said, quoting someone from the franchise but did not say a name, said, I don't think Draymond Green will play again in a Warriors uniform. With that being said, Draymond Green is is old. What is he, 35? 36 years old? Draymond Green's 34. 34 with a lot of negative on him. His head's clearly not straight. He's very short and small at the position he plays. And he has... He can't use his athletic ability for much longer like he has been because he's aging. I don't know if he comes back from this. I I I believe this this might be it for him. And I mean, dang, we, we talk about this over and over. Bob Myers is just he jumped off jumped out of the plane at the right time, man. Um, you know, Wiggins is on the bench now. I don't know what's happening with him. Clay's still going through struggles. He started playing better, and now he's starting to and you know now Clay saying he wants to get paid, but he ain't gonna get paid because he ain't playing like he needs to get paid. This team's about to bust. Uh, they may be in a rebuild pretty soon, and I don't see Draymond Green being part of that rebuild. So I I do think maybe he comes back, but it's not gonna be with the Warriors. Uh, it might be with a veteran team next year. We'll see. He also could retire. His podcast has done pretty well. I'm very confident with the NBA contract rights being sold to different networks like they plan to do at the end of this year. You know, Amazon's going to have games. Um, We may see Apple with some games. You know, all these people that were laid off, Van Gundy, you know, Rose, whoever will end up getting jobs and there'll definitely be a spot for Raymond Green. So this might be the end of his playing, playing career, I feel. Unless the Warriors could somehow void his contract, he's in the first year of a four-year, $100 million contract. So unless Draymond Green wants to give up $100 million, he's going to show up to play. Unless, you know, with this that with this second 
kind of negative thing that happened with Draymond this season that the Warriors are able to void that contract, like I said, he's going to get his money. And I don't think there's any way around it. So I think the Warriors are stuck with Draymond Green. His trade value, no one would trade for him. Not at that number. Not with that many years. Not at $25 million a year. No one's trading for Draymond. So that's out the door. Klay Thompson, at least, he's making $45 million this year. But it's the last year of his contract. He's he's essentially tradable because it's he's $45 million. So overall, Gons, you're saying the, the, the Warriors should blow this up. Let's say even they get Draymond Green back. They're sitting at I think ten and ten and thirteen. They should should they blow this up now, or they should should they try to ride this out at least for one more year? Because I, I want to follow up with another question. I think their era is done, and I think someone would take Draymond Green. Twenty five million dollars today is nothing to what players are getting paid. It is nothing. So someone would take Draymond for twenty five. I'm a hundred percent confident. Who who who? I Na- would take give me him. one team. I would not. Twenty five million is nothing. Look at salary cap of the teams, dude. Damon Green can still pass. He can still hustle. He does a lot of things that's worth $25 million. He's not he's not complete trash as a player. He's complete no, trash. No, but then you a- have to deal with this negative backlash now. Like, are, oh. you, are, are, are do you do you think Draymond's not going? Like, there's something wrong mentally right now with him. Nurkic is one of Draymond Green's best like best defenders as far as like in in the media, like making sure not to trash Draymond Green and defending Draymond Green, and he got punched by Draymond Green. So mentally, there's something wrong with him. Do you think teams are willing to take that chance? Teams have been taking chances on players like that in NFL and NBA and MLB for the last. Hundreds of years. Someone will take him. He's still playing at a very high level. And players have gone to other teams, been in different environments, and have done, have have successfully revived their career. I feel like if he played with like a leader, he has to be the leader of that team. And I think he's overwhelmed being the leader of the team because Steph isn't vocal. You know, there's so much Draymond can do. They're losing, they're struggling. Maybe he needs to not be a leader of a team. Maybe he needs to go where there's already an established leader of a team and he can thrive in that environment. So if you're the Lakers and it's December 15th, do you throw D'Lo, Rui Hachimura, two first-round picks for Draymond Green? No. I, I, I not, not, not those guys. Uh, I would not. I, I think Rui has a lot of upside. I, I think... Um, I preferably would want to would want to I don't know that we need a Draymond Green just because we have a lot of guys that are athletic. We have Vando, you know, we have a lot uh, our defensively. I feel like on the big end side, we're good. Now, if you wanted to get a, a guard that could lock you up with defense, totally for it. I don't think Draymond's that guy. However, there are a lot of other teams that are small. Uh, and I'm not saying Draymond's going to make them much bigger, but they're lacking that power forward position. I think he'd be a good fit or even a small forward position. So the Warriors, should they blow it up? Yes, 100%. Okay, okay. now I need to ask this question now. Steph Curry, his trade value right now, like right now, it's probably, it's not the highest it's ever been, but it's higher than we would wait for another year of, one more year of Steph Curry getting older. I think the Warriors at this point, in order to rebuild now, because they're not winning this year, they have to trade Steph Curry. Put that on the show, you know, aggregate that, it's fine. 
They need to trade Steph Curry this season, and as soon as not as soon as possible. But if they're not winning, they need to get assets for him now because his, right now he's currently a top two guard in the league, at least top five guard in the league. With his, even even at an advanced age, thirty three, he's still a top t- top five point guard. Do you trade Steph Curry, or do you, you kind of have to be loyal to him because he's your franchise guy? But with Steph Curry, that you're getting the most assets, the most draft picks down the line for him. What, what do you think about that? Trade Steph Curry, yeah, hundred percent. Trade him. I'm sure he'll go. You put you trade him to a, uh, do him a solid. Trade him to a team that has a chance to win. Do you have any thoughts, Gons? I have a couple teams in mind. What's his contract? What's he making? 50, 60 mil? Steph Curry, he's actually age 35. He's making 31 this year, 55 next year, and 59 the following year. So three years left. He's 35 years old. You're looking, like you said, you're looking for draft picks. Uh, I have, okay, so the first team I have in mind, the Miami Heat were looking to trade for a Dame Lillard um, or last off season, a few, a few first round picks, Tyler hero. Um, I think Kyle Lowry would be involved in that second team. I, I was thinking about is of course the team with like a billion ass with a billion draft picks, the Oklahoma city thunder, you add Steph Curry to that young, that young core SGA Dort, um, J will, uh, J dub, uh, uh, yeah, Scoot Henderson. You have Curry take the giddy minutes. That team would be deadly come playoff time. Outside of like, what do you think about those two trades, or is there another team that you're thinking of? I, I feel like he needs to play at a, a bigger market than OKC. I mean, we're also talking about the NBA brand here. Can't waste him on OKC. Uh, you know, I like Miami. I do I think Miami would be great. I, but again, I it has to be a big team. A city like New York, I think he'd be great in the, for 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 the, the the Nets or the Knicks if they got a chance. If New York can pull this trade off, I don't know how, but if they can, Madison Square Garden, Steph Curry, I that, I think that's that would be just great for the NBA. Yeah, Another, it's R.J. Barrett, another someone else, and a like five picks, yeah. six picks. I mean, the Garden would finally be in the playoffs. They, fight, I mean, they deserve it. Shit, they've been waiting forever. Other than that, um, I think he'd do really well in the Spurs. But I don't, I don't. Again, that's right there with OKC. Not sure the market's there. Um, besides that, I like. I don't know if it's a move. The Clippers. I, I think the Clippers should just stay where they are. They won six in a row, actually, and they're. Finally, gelling. Yeah, let's, we'll talk about the Clippers. Don't worry about that. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll have some love. And what would the Lakers well. have to give up? I mean, I, if you could put him with LeBron, like, what would the Lakers? Is it possible? D'Lo, Rui, um, Gabe Vincent. I think one more contract. I think you have to throw in Austin Reeves. I'm, I'm done. For like and like two first round, two three done. first round picks. Done. 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 Now. Done. Well, you're 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 killing your your um your your depth for a Steph Curry who's 35 years old. Are you concerned about that? I mean, that seems to be the common trend with the NBA now. So why don't just play? 
I mean, it's a common trend, but does that lead to championships? I mean, you kind of want to have cohesion, but I, I, I get it. Steph I feel Curry's, like you can uh, always, I feel like there's a lot of role players out there that you can find if you're a really good, if you're really good recruiters and um, you're good at evaluating talent. But there's not, there's nobody like Steph Curry. There is nobody like him right now that can shoot like he can shoot. Although he's 35, he is a shooter. I, I would, I, I mean, him and LeBron, two once-in-a-lifetime players playing together, sure, you're losing depth, but you will be the most watched team. You will get the most ratings. That will turn into the most money. You will make so much money. It's a win-win for everybody. Although it may not result in a formula that leads to winning, you would have to do a lot of work on the back end to find other role players that are maybe in the G League. But they're out there. I believe they're out there. And you're playing with Steph Curry, it's a lot easier to be a role player than not playing with Steph Curry. You know what I mean? No, for sure. For sure. I I, I get it. Um, let's look at what the Suns are doing. They, they, they have their three superstars that are making $40-plus million dollars a year. They and they surround them with fairly okay talent, so I can see that Steph Curry, LeBron, and AD. That's the I guess that's the Lakers' dream, but we'll see what happens there. Let's move on to Giannis Antetokounmpo got his got scored sixty four a career high sixty four points and Bucks franchise record sixty four points in Miami's revenge against the Indiana Pacers for the in season tournament semifinals winning 140 to 126. The record, however, was tainted as a bad situation happened after the game was over. The Pacers had taken the game ball once the game was over, and Giannis, who wanted to keep the game ball to remember his record-setting game, sprinted from the court to the Pacers' locker room as team officials held him back. Giannis then returned to the court and got in the face of Pacers star point guard Tyrese Halliburton, demanding the ball. Cooler heads prevailed and both teams returned to their locker rooms. Giannis said he received a ball later in the night, but claims it was not the game ball. The Pacers head coach, Rick Carlisle, said the team took the ball initially because it was the first time rookie Oscar Tshibwe had scored a point in the NBA. Um, no one knows who has the official game ball from Wednesday from Wednesday night's game. The game proved to uh, the game proved to spark a rival a rivalry between both teams as at times play got physical. Giannis seemed to elbow check Halliburton after a Halliburton dunk. Uh, Pacers guard Aaron Neesmith gave Giannis a hard foul, prompting a crazy reaction of Thanasis, Giannis's brother, and Bobby Portis. What do you think? What do you think of Giannis reacting the way he did? Do you think it was petty for the Pacers to take the game ball after the game, even though they did have a sort of explanation of what happened? And what do you think of this, this new potential rival rivalry? And which team do you like more? Well, who has the rights to the game ball? It's the home team, so it's the Bucks. Oh, so that puts the Pacers at fault. Yeah, they're petty because it's like, oh, we got it for a rookie, but you know. They're like they didn't care about Giannis's sixty-four point game. They just took the game ball because it was for their rookie. So are they? So people are saying they're being petty about that, especially since the way they 
Well, they, um, I'll, I'll tell you this. I yeah. bet you there's no way Giannis got the game ball. No, no, 100%. He doesn't have the ball. He, <laughs> I think the Pacers, again, this is more conjecture. Uh, Worldwide Wob on Twitter, if you want to check out, they had a 15-minute video about this. Um, it was pretty funny. Um, rest, wrestling, of course. Oh, everything is wrestling, of course. Um, yeah, it was, I think the Pacers have that ball, personally. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So what do you think about Giannis? Uh, who do you think was right in this situation? I don't know. I mean, a rookie scoring his first NBA point is big. Career high superstar is also big. Uh, Giannis, Milwaukee's the home team. He should have got the ball. Uh, but I'm not panicking. I mean, you get 60. You, I, I, he, does he not think he could pass 64? Does he think that's like, that's it? I don't know. I feel like he could. In fact, yeah, no clue. But like, like him reacting that way, he was he got in Tyrese Halliburton's face, and Tyrese Halliburton's now a superstar after the IST. So he got in his face, like where's the ball? Pointing his hand, where's the ball? And he ran towards the, towards the Miami locker room, demanding for the ball. Like he looked. Yes, he scored sixty four, but it was kind. Of, he he did act a little bit childish. I'm not sure if you saw the video of that he was acting pretty pretty crazy. Do you think that was justified because he did score sixty four? The Indiana locker room, right? Yes, of course, yes. Um, so it was Miles Turner. There was some footage of the locker room or the tunnel leading to the locker room, saying that you know Miles Turner and Buddy Hield were just saying, just keep the ball, keep the ball, keep the ball. Um, even though Giannis was charging at him, but people, his team officials were holding him back. So do you think Giannis was justified to act that sort of way? No, man. I mean, I, I, I like it. I, I like what it did. I'm all for rivalries. I, I, I don't, I, I don't know, man. It's a tough one. I mean, it's a career high. Give him the ball. But I mean, if they're not going to give you the ball, like, don't be a baby about it. I, I don't know. But 64 points, I mean, not a lot of players do that. So give him the ball. I don't know. So Bucks versus Pacers. The the Pacers beat them in the IST, and the Bucks are beating them now. Uh, beat them on Wednesday. Um, they're gonna have two games in a row uh, early in January. Which team do you like better, the Bucks or the Pacers? I like the Bucks just because of Dame. If he's healthy, if he's not healthy, I like the Pacers. Yeah, the Pacers are exciting. They're definitely the more exciting team because outside of, of course, game time is going to game time. But as far as offense goes, they're exciting to watch. Yes, the Lakers did stifle them in, in, on Saturday. But overall, they're scoring 120, 130. They're a fun team to watch. Defensively, they're, you know, they're they're not great. But offensively, they're a good team. So give some love to the Pacers. A new rivalry is born in the NBA. It's always fun to see. Let's move on to Vahid's. Los Angeles Clippers um, in Vegas. They, of course, like you said, we they beat the Jazz. You guys bet on them. Congratulations on that. Um, the Clippers are in the middle of a six-game winning streak after defeating the Golden State Warriors 121 to 113. They're currently 14 and 10 and 11 and 8 since they traded for James Harden, even after losing their first five games with him. They're currently 10th in the league at a plus 2.9 in net rating since the Harden trade. I thought the Clippers were trending in the wrong direction. 
after that home lost the Nuggets without Jokic, Murray, or Gordon. However, they're however since then they're nine and one, and they're actually they actually beat the Nuggets with Jokic, Murray, and Gordon. Go figure. What are the Clippers doing to spark this winning streak? It all started from Westbrook going to the bench. It was a simple formula that either <laughs> that we all were talking about, and they finally did it. That that's simply it. That's all it took. No, 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 hundred percent. Because it was, it's everyone kind of got slotted. Like once Westbrook became Benchbrook, like I wanted with the Lakers, you know, that last year where he was, he's he's a spark plug off the bench. You're not going to play him in the fourth quarter because you have a James Harden who's creating for everyone. He's averaging, I think, eight nine assists in, in, in this stretch. Even though he's still getting his, he I guess he is the system. You know, what he was saying earlier in that in that press con- introductory press conference. So Harden's doing great. You have Terrence Mann, who's one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. So you're not going to have Westbrook there. Westbrook and Harden kind of mucking up everything <clears throat> in the backcourt. And then Paul George, even though he's injured, Amir Coffey did well yesterday. And Kawhi Leonard's going to Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard's actually playing the season. This is I think it was the first time he's played the first you know twenty some odd games. Um, in, in, a, in a long time. So he's actually healthy. Paul George, even though he's hurt right now, he was relatively healthy. Zubats played Jokic probably better than anybody. It led to a mini, you know, slump by Jokic when the Nuggets lost three in a row and Jokic was just shooting poorly, which led to our, our loss in, on that bet on Saturday. So Zubats is playing well. Again, Westbrook to the bench. I think you're right. Westbrook to the bench did did kind of spark this this um, this run that the Clippers have had. I'm not. Sure, I haven't heard much about you know, Westbrook's response uh, to being benched, but outside of that, you know, the Clippers are humming. Where do you think the Clippers are, like rank, ranking wise, in the Western Conference now that they're kind of putting it together? I don't know. What are they fourth? Well, no. I mean, not not necessarily standing wise, but you're looking at the, the Nuggets, the Timberwolves, the Suns, the Lakers, the Pelicans. Where do you kind of rank them right now? in the Western Conference, because they beat the, the... The Kings seems to be floundering right now. Um, they beat the Kings fairly handily the other day. I would say... As part of the 5 I'd say three so. or four. Three or four. Three or four. They're so right who do you there. have above them right now? They're in the middle of the pack. They're right there. They could beat any team on any given night and also lose, but they could also beat. They're capable of beating any team on any given night. So who do you have above them? above them right now? The Nuggets, T-Wolves, Lakers? See, with Kyrie getting hurt, just Denver and Minnesota. I would match. I'd say the Clippers and Lakers are right there. I would I would put the Clippers a little above the Lakers because they're hot right now. Um, And the Lakers laked like they always do sometimes and gave up a, gave up a big lead yesterday when they should have. They should have beat that team easily. That team has not won. In like, in a very long time, the Spurs, and they almost blew that lead. The Clippers wouldn't have done that. So, I would say they're right there with the Lakers, third, fourth slot. No, for sure. Um, shout out to the shout out to the to two the two teams with these big long with these big twenty plus game losing streaks, the San Antonio Spurs, Wembenyama. They. I, I watched that game the other day. He's a physical monster, but he's still a rookie. He still needs to kind of grow, get used to the NBA game. 
Keldon Johnson just seemed to make up in that fourth quarter. I don't know where he was the first three quarters, but the the, the Spurs shot the lights out. Of course, the Lakers were without LeBron James. Uh, for the Lakers, I think they're going to not have AD this game. I think AD is going to rest and then uh, up through the game against uh, New York on Monday. And then we'll see LeBron James on Friday. So we'll see LeBron James versus Wembenyama. And the, the Detroit Pistons... The Detroit Pistons, I, I kind of called that in the beginning of the season, how they were not a league pass team. And now they've lost, what, 23, 24 straight. So the Pistons and, and the Spurs, the dregs of the league, had to give them a little bit of a shout-out there. Gons, as we kind of wrap up today's today's episode, is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we leave today? No, man. Well, what's going on tonight? Any good games? Let's oh, let's see. Let's look at the slate. Of course, we have the Lakers versus the Spurs tonight. I think the Lakers are, would be favored. Oh, yeah, and they're going to blow them out. You think they're going to blow them out? Yeah. I think they'll blow them out. LeBron's playing tonight. He should be playing. Lakers are favored by 7.5. Um, of course, this is with AD playing. I don't think he plays. I think once, AD, once the AD um, news gets announced, I think that line goes down to like four and a half. Why doesn't he, right now it's currently why at seven he play? and a half. He, he's fine. Why doesn't he play? No, he's not fine. If you watch that game, he, he's been limping around since the, since, since honestly the IST game last Saturday, like I, Laker fans were surprised. Uh, Lakers fans, Lakers, uh, handles on Twitter were surprised. He was playing in Dallas, surprised he was playing in San Antonio. That's how hurt he looked. Yes, he did score 35 points, 40 points, but he just looked, he's looking hobbled. He needs to rest. I think he's not playing this game. So let's keep, let's keep an eye on that one because once AD is not going to be playing, I think that line goes down to four and a half, but we'll talk about that later. Um, the Sixers are favored by 15 and a half over the Pistons, who I just said have lost 23, 24 straight. 15 and a half points, gone. that's a lot of points. Yeah, I don't take it. That's too many. Um, another other games that look interesting to me, the Celtics are favored by six and a half against the Magic. I actually like Orlando plus six and a half there, because Orlando, I love, I I like Orlando's play right now. With those, well, actually no, if Paul if Paolo Bancaro does not play, yeah, take the Celtics minus six. But with Bancaro with Franz Wagner, that team just to be seems to be operating defensively like a like a unit. The reason I was afraid to take them last Friday was because defensively they're great, offensively hit or miss. So I'm not sure how Detroit was going to react. We honestly should have taken that back. Hey, when does John Morant come back? Uh, 25 games. So looking at John Morant. Oh, four more uh, days. Four more days. Yeah. So they're at 23 games. They're 6 and 17, 23 games. So we're looking at two more games left for them. I I think the safest bet to take is the Grizzlies spread. I mean, the Rockets spread three and a half over Grizzlies today. Yeah, the Rockets are, 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 well, the Rockets on the road. As much as, (laughs) that's what we bet on last time. Um, So, yeah, the Rockets are, they beat San Antonio. They still, they've only won one one road game. That was against Denver, the defending champions. Um, They just beat Memphis on Wednesday, 117-104. So, the Rockets favored by five and uh, three and a half. You like that bet? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, so Gons likes the Grizzlies three and a half. I wish I'd like to see these bets more. Maybe Pacers eight and a half. The Wizards stink. They're three and twenty. I think they might be worse than they're. They're just on that same level as the Pistons and Spurs. The Wizards are horrible. 
So for me, Pacers eight and a half. They're they're gonna run up the they're gonna run up and down the floor against that Wizards team. They're pretty pissed off after what happened in Miami. So give me the Pacers eight and a half. The Gons likes the the Rockets minus three and a half. And then also keep an eye out on the AD news later today. Once they announce he's not playing, take that Lakers. It's going to be four or four and a half. Go ahead and take that four and a half. Anything else, Gons? No, man, that's it. And that'll be it for us today. That was a little bit longer of an episode. You know, given last week's kind of short 10, 15 minute episode, we were in Vegas. So we kind of got to sit down, got to think about what happened and also kind of analyze some other stuff that happened um, this season, especially with the Draymond Green and Giannis stuff. But yeah, we're about a quarter of the way through the season. Really exciting. We have our three dregs of the league, and then we still have the Western Conference is still pretty pretty packed, and the East seems to be going well as well up up up, up top. So we'll be potting, we'll be recording. Um, we'll have Laker Jose on this week uh, for next week's podcast. We'll record with him midweek next week, and then we'll have that up along with the Gons uh, on next Friday's podcast. So Thank you for the support. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.